That's right. Donald Trump lashed out at John Legend and Chrissy Teigen because he feels like they're taking credit for achieving criminal justice reform instead of giving him the praise. Now, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen both hit back at the commander in tweet. You saw John's reply, but Chrissy Teigen's response was too vulgar for the news to repeat. Luckily, we're not the news. <laughs> so, here it is. Trump called her John Legend's filthy-mouthed wife, but because he didn't have the guts to tag her on Twitter, <laughs> Chrissy Teigen called him a pussy-ass bitch. <laughs> and... And to be honest, to be honest, I don't know why the news can't say that on air. <laughs> it's a well-known medical condition <laughs> in which a bitch's ass is replaced by a pussy. <laughs> and I think the more we talk about it in society, the more we can destigmatize the serious disease. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Breaks Radio. And we are here this week to discuss hip-hop topics, as we always do. I'm your host, CEO Hayes, and then we also have my esteemed panel of co-hosts in the building. And we got Miss Yum herself, Miss Mary Amante, is in the building. What's going on? Yo, yo. Shaolin in the house. <laughs> and we will definitely <laughs> be talking about some Shaolin in Staten Island. And then we also got uh, my brother from California, Baylor the Greats here. What's going on? Yo, yo, yo. As y'all can see, I am I am not in the uh the Prius uh studio. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually home, I know that's what's up. You know, I just realized and somebody pointed it out to me that we uh represent like the Midwest, West Coast, and East Coast. So it's it's, it's what's up that we talk about hip hop and, and culture topics because we're all over the place. I never Indeed. sat down and really thought about that. I never really thought about that. It, it, yeah, call me dumb, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> before we get into this week's topics, I, I know this is something that just recently happened, um, but I saw it, and this is this whole comparison between Outkast and Earth Gang. Please tell me y'all are pissed off about that as I am, because why are we comparing anyone to Outkast? Absolutely. I don't know. That's exactly how I feel. And I was going to say, the only representation we're kind of missing is the Dirty South, but... Yeah. Yeah. But we, I'm mad for them. So, you know, the nerve of these people. <sighs> these young cats, man. These young cats. <laughs> I, I don't really under... Like, why are we making a comparison of... all like, Outcast, Outcast is, the, is one of those groups you can't just... You have to be around at least 10 years before you can even be mentioned in... I don't care how good you are, before you can be mentioned in the same breath as a, as a group like Outcast. Right. And again, man, sometimes it's it's not it's not it's not their fault that they were, you know, they wasn't, you know, or didn't experience the um the golden era, you know, so that's just what it is, man. You know, Outcast came out Outcast came out pretty much at a at a perfect time, you know, and they held their own, so it's not too many. It's not too many groups that you can really compare them to, and then the groups that you do compare them with, uh, they're heavy hitters. And we had a, we had that, you know, we had the tournament uh, 
not too yeah. long ago, and there was some heavy hitters on that list. It was some come on, come on, sixteen C <laughs> type. But overall, though, we had some great, great, great groups. So you can't just throw anybody up there with them. And don't get me wrong, I, like the little bit I've heard of Earth Gang, I do enjoy. They're backed by Dreamville, which is always good. I think more so. It's not their fault. Yes, Jules decided to make the comparison, and we all know she's a fucking idiot, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let's get into the topics for this week. Welcome to the Breaks Radio. So the first one, we have to start with it. Nicki Minaj announced her retirement. She's kind of since backtracked and said she's going to flesh it out a little bit more. It may have been premature, but she did send out a tweet saying that she's going to focus on making a family right now. Um, So originally I was going to talk about, is this a troll? I think she's already kind of pointed to the fact that it is, but what do you guys think about Nicki Minaj retiring? I didn't think it was a troll. I thought she was uh, feeling the pressure. I thought everything was getting to her and she was like, look, enough is enough. I'm out of here. I'm not being respected like I should. Um, but, you know, at the same time, she knows she has to take accountability for her own actions throughout the years. She should be mentioned with the greats, you know, because she is good. Uh, she has a lot of talent. Uh, but at the same time, when a part when she was a part of those, well, a part of one, and then a part of her um, her podcast, you've seen the outlash that she had, and 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 the passion behind her her rants. That's her being human. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't, when she said she was going to retire, I said, that's a lot of pressure. Like she's not, she's not in her bag anymore. People not respecting her like they, like, uh, like they used to. And so, um, you know, but I didn't think she was going to be going for long. She's too young. What do you think, Mary? Um, I have to say, I agree with Baylor. I actually didn't think she was trolling. I think she meant what she tweeted um, in the moment, but I don't think it's going to stick and I don't want it to. And I know we started this conversation a little bit on Twitter, but it's like for her to go out like this is going yeah. to totally tarnish her legacy. Right. Like yep. I feel like she deserves to like Baylor, just go out on a high note and have her contributions to the culture be appreciated. I mean, even though I definitely feel like she's been on some bitch ass type shit lately, <laughs> I mean, what she's done for the culture cannot be denied. And she was holding it down for the women in the culture back when really the women weren't doing shit. So, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I, yeah, like, I really, I feel like say it ain't so. And I also don't like the message that seems to be coming across, and this could be the yum in me, shameless plug here, but, (laughs) um, but basically, like, I feel like the messaging is sort of like, you can't have your career and start a family. Like, why mm. would she need to retire to start a family? It's like, yeah. let's just say, if you're, let's say what it is. If you, if it is like Baylor is saying, like the pressure is too much, then say that. Say, I'm done with all y'all motherfuckers and I have no desire to keep up with this shit anymore. So y'all can have it and I'm about to go live my best life or some shit like mm. that. But not like, I'm going to now retire and start my family that I've been planning. Like, get the fuck out of here. So, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because for so long, like, the female MCs couldn't or felt like they couldn't or female performers in general felt like it was either you have your family or your career. There was kind of no mixing of the two. Cardi B since bucked that trend, and she did it 
<laughs> to the to the highest degree she showed that you can have your career still perform and everything and maintain your family um so yeah that that being counterproductive to that I, di- I didn't even think about the aspect of it but as far as like nikki's career she has meant too much like she was the kind of the ushering in of, of female mcs being taken seriously again she proved that she can spit with the best of them she hasn't in a minute and so when you say that she's kind of buckling under pressure, it makes sense. Like maybe a lot of MCs would internalize that and then put that into their work. Maybe she feels like she can't. Maybe she feels like she can't put that pressure, that that hate that she feels being thrown her way and, and deliver a great album. We only need one great Nicki album for all this shit to go away. That's it. Deliver one great album. You've delivered mediocre albums the last two times you've been out. And it's just fed more into this bullshit of people thinking that you can't stand up to the female MCs that are coming now. She just needs one great album and all this hate and shit and doubt goes away, in my opinion. And I hope that she she delivers it, whether she needs to take two or three years off to do it. That's all fine and dandy. But we need Nikki to come back. It says more to it if she can come back and deliver another great album. And I personally want it. Yeah. Well, she did. Um, I mean, we've said it on the show before that. It's best that she just ends all these these beefs that she has and go yeah. do record with. You know what I mean? And that would, I think that would, that would pretty much put her towards the top again. You know what I mean? Especially if she was the one that that said she wants to, you know, she wants to dead all the beef. Do a record, do a video with Cardi. I know we waiting on that. She did one with Megan. I watched that a few times more <laughs> than I should have. You saw her struggle twerking um, in that video? She struggled. Child, <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she somebody get her some help, but you know, she did it. She might, and I think that's at that moment, I think that's when she had in her mind, like, you know what? I think I might, I'm too die. old for this shit. Is that, yeah. that, that, that's the I'm too old for this shit moment. Um, what do you, what would you guys think about Nikki doing an album where the theme is women's empowerment on every, she she it's she it's a feature with another female MCs and not just the ones that are big now. What if she finds some up and coming female MCs and really works with them on an album? I think that would be great for hip hop and great for her legacy as well. I mean, it, I agree, that's an idea. but I, I don't want anything that's gonna feel forced. True, and I feel like Nikki just as it. <laughs> I mean, unless she proves otherwise, like she's kind of showing that she doesn't like to play well in the sandbox. So I'd be fine with just Nikki being herself, getting back to being the monster that she used to be. All these bitches is her sons, so... Let's get, right. that, let's get that back. Um, so uh, I'm going to drop drop down uh, one. I'm going to change this, the format a little bit just because it kind of the theme stayed the same. Lloyd Banks mentioned on Twitter also how no one's checking for him anymore. It meant him saying that he wasn't making music anymore. What do you, A, what do you think the legacy of Lloyd Banks is? How do you think his career could have been different? And would you be interested in seeing a, another or hearing another Lloyd Banks album? I would, but I'm going to go last on this one because I'm a Banks fan. Uh, Baylor, come to you first on this one. I'm a Banks. I'm a Banks fan as well. Uh, I'm one of the uh, the few that felt like he he should have just uh, distanced himself away from G Unit, yeah, uh, and to venture off into different um, you know productions, producers, and things like that. His career was like he was like T Mac to me. You know what I mean, like. He had a chance to be. He had a chance to be up there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be all crazy and be like, "Yo, he could have been like the king of New York or something like that." Probably not. But he definitely could have been mentioned. He was good. I don't want to give him that great title, but he was real good, man. He, he could have been good. good. He could have been. Great. He could have been. Yeah, he could have been great. I, 
I'll put it to you like this. He he could have been knocking at like to me with his talent, he could have been knocking at top fifteen for me. Okay. I'll save my cause I I got takes, so I'm gonna save mine for last. Mary, what do you think? So I'm gonna say that he is absolutely correct. No, no one is trapping for him anymore. Damn. And, <laughs> and that's coming from somebody in New York. Like, <laughs> and I, I feel like a lot of people weren't really checking for him back when he was popping either, to be honest with you. I'm not going to go as far as to call myself a Lawyer Jenks fan, but, I mean, you know, he had some joints. I mean, I was a G-Unit fan, and he just was a part of the crew for me. Like, it wasn't like, Whoa. I kind of agree with Baylor to that extent. Like, he wasn't great. He was like, all right. And I hope that he has made good investments with the money he made, and now is doing something else. <laughs> Well, he, he um. fifty hasn't really come out him hard saying he owed him much money, and so I mean maybe right. that means he's been good with his money. But I mean, it, it and it sucks. Like as a lawyer, Banks fan, it, it sucks to hear you say he was kind of part of the crew because honestly, if we're counting in mixtapes, he's delivered probably the best content out of G Unit other than Get Rich or Die Trying. If we if we're just this taking everything fact. in consideration, okay. and the the and I agree with Baylor's point too. Like if he would have stepped away from fifty and work, been able to work with other people, I think like. Because Banks' second half of his career, right before Beamer Benz or Bentley, like that time period, he was really bubbling. Like he had a nice mixtape spree. Like people realized what he was as an MC. He had kind of come into his own, not relied on the 50 Cent features or whatnot. But by that time, people were so over G Unit, over dealing with anything related to 50 Cent, that his shit didn't get played on mainstream. Like Banks had a chance. He had a chance and he developed as an MC. But the thing was is that with all the beefs that 50 had, he was reduced with what producers he can work with. He was he was reduced to what DJs wanted to work with. And then people want, stopped wanting to hear G-Unit on the radio. And that combination of things really fucked him up. Because I look at Lloyd yeah. Banks like he could have had the second half of, of a career like Royce the 5'9 did, to where he hasn't had huge mainstream success, but Royce is respected as one of the top MCs in the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it, I was just about to say that. It was the fact that Bro, they had too many. They had too many uh, differences in the streets yeah. for Banks to go out there and, and, and to work with. You know what I mean? So, in his own backyard, you know, I, I'm, I'm not even talking about the, you know, when Game went off on the whole, <laughs> went off on the whole G unit. Yeah. But the fact that, the fact that he couldn't go out there and work with uh, Fat Joe and, and and probably half of New York at that. You know what I'm saying? Because who he was affiliated with. It, it it sucks. I, I would I would love to see another Banks album. I know that's personal. Mainstream doesn't give a damn about Banks, but it just sucks to see somebody who had so much potential it go wasted, not just because of himself. And you know, people say that Banks didn't want to work. He just wanted to rap. He didn't want to do some of the other things that go into really being a star. And I can't argue against that either. But it just sucks that he didn't. He couldn't even have a base of a platform to jump off of. And he was re a really talented MC. Um, he did have that monotone thing for a while, but he came out of that. And I don't even think people realize that because by the time he did, no one, no one cared. No one was listening to Banks. All right. That's how the game is, though, man. Yeah, it's hip hop's a cold, cold bitch when at times, man. But um, uh -huh. let's move on to the next shit. I only put this on here because it just goes with the theme in New York, and it goes with the like just the downfall of of how hard hip hop can be. So Takashi Six Nine. Manager Shadi is sentenced to 15 years in prison. Uh, it also came out that Takashi will testify in the in the kidnapping case. 
What do you guys make of this? 50 Cent said that Takashi could make a comeback, possibly, that people, if he makes the right record, people would hop onto it. I don't I don't think there's no comeback for Takashi. The, the, the biggest thing that he can do is get out of jail and be with his his kids. That's it. Music is over for Takashi. Uh, Mary, I'll come to you first. You, you're, you're in New York. Is there any chance? Would New York even rock with Takashi anymore? Hell to the nah. <laughs> we don't respect snitches at all. Um, you know, Shadi and that crew definitely roll deep and are respected in the streets. So I feel like, yo, uh, Takashi better take advantage of that witness protection program. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't see him having a career and living to see it come to fruition after this. Honestly. He's gonna be like Dre Just Power. on some code of the streets type shit. So <laughs> yeah. no. Baylor. Uh, uh as far as his manager, don't drop the soap, nigga. Um <laughs> uh, uh, Takashi no, you know what? I agree with Mary. He probably won't get no love uh in his city at all. Yeah. At all. As a matter of fact, one of the topics that we have coming up later on uh, expresses how much love they got for him. But we'll get to that. Um, but as far as overall, I don't know, man. Some of these kids are weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they weird enough to be like, I don't really know what's going on, but he still make dope music. You know? Now, our culture, our era, we done with him. We we was done with him when he came out. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, <laughs> as far as the people that that listen to him heavy, his his following, I think they might be like, uh, you know, he had to do what he had to do type of thing. Well, and, I, and I get that, but, like, even his album, when it came out, it didn't do shit. Well, I mean, he is considered an industry plant. So, so yeah. I, I just, I I'm just, saying, I'm, I'm saying his fan base from, you know, like the middle schoolers. They don't really yeah. know what's going yeah. on, yeah. you know. Yeah. But as far as you do, you get to high school, it might wow. drift off a little bit. Our age, we're not messing with it. We already know what it is. You better get that protective custody. I mean, I custody. feel like high school. I feel like there's no code of honor among the young generation, and I don't quite know where we went left. Like, have we not raised them well? <laughs> no, you know what it is, Mary. It, oh my God, this is a, we, we might have to create a whole nother show. <laughs> but this 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 goes to like the the it has changed. This is the sensitive era, you know, and the sensitive era comes with you understanding, know, understanding, understanding, under sympathy, <laughs> sympathy, <laughs> all kinds of shit. Nah. Well, well, goddamn. Um, yeah, it, it's over for Takashi. I I just I don't see a world in which he he comes back as a musician at all. But weirder things have happened, I guess. Um, so we'll see. Just like I said, just come back. If you if you get out of jail, just be there for your kids, man. That's it. Like I, I don't I don't know what else to say. Maybe we can go back. They know he, said he's not from Brooklyn. <laughs> after he the, said he's not from Brooklyn. Yeah. After the Chicago shit, like I, I I think that it was over for him then. And and now with the snitching on top of that, it's over. It's done. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> speaking of someone else who's done, Chrissy Teigen versus Trump. And I I, I put listen. <laughs> this shit is just taking a turn for the left. Uh, who, who wants to take this one first? I'm just uh, disgusted. Like, I'm yeah, like truly, yeah. but not surprised. I just feel like there's no like depths to which this president stoops. So I don't, I don't understand how he how did he find time to pay attention to the shit that he's not supposed to be paying attention to? Right. 
What does like, he do? He's like a teenager. What the fuck does he does he do? Like literally, it's like he's in the Oval Office with like four screens, all looking at Twitter and other <laughs> shit, just monitoring who's saying shit about him. Like he's the most Yo, insecure I feel, person. I feel, I feel like he be on Black Twitter. Like, <laughs> scroll. Well, he's discovered I, it now. <laughs> that's for sure. That is funny. That is funny. Like Trump scrolling Black Twitter. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. Like I feel like he like his staff. He has to have somebody like look. You look at this hashtag. You look at this hashtag. You guys report back to me. What you, like, what the fuck does he do? What is he doing? I just told you what he does. Oh, he goes Jesus. on Black Twitter and then he says stuff like he didn't thank me enough. He should right. thank me. I got him out of that situation. Hashtag Black Twitter. You know, like come on, man. He's like, look at my African Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, I gotta ask you. So you are very outspoken uh, about politics and just social issues in general. If say some something happened and Trump made a comment towards you, how would you respond to Donald Trump? Mm. <laughs> you know what? I don't. I, I gotta be real here. I, I don't even know if I would honor him with a response because, like, nah. <laughs> I don't argue with peasants. It's like, come on, mm. on social media, that's okay. childish. <laughs> okay. Okay. Baylor, you. Yes, he asked me. Look, I'm going off. <laughs> I'm about to. I'm about to flame. I'm going. I'm going to flame him so much that Oprah, somebody, got to bring me on their show. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oh my god! I, I don't want to say that word because they might come knocking at my door. But yeah, you got to catch these jokes. Got to catch these jokes. I've often thought about like as much as I. I don't go off as much anymore because I'm just not on Twitter as much. But as outspoken as I used to be about like celebrities and just anything on Twitter. If, if did, wait a second, did you guys happen to see the time that I got into it with Cat Stacks on Twitter? No. Oh, that shit was hilarious. I've I've just since since screenshots. I told her that. I told her she was pissed off because there was no 401k for being a hoe. But we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, oh no. <laughs> but I oh, often wow. thought about like what would happen if a if a mainstream celebrity caught wind of some shit I was saying and responded and I'm going the fuck in much like Baylor I'm getting these jokes off but uh yeah that's it that's it you guys ready to go into the first break let's do it let's do it all right we'll be right back after this what's up everybody this is Dan aka Dan on drugs and I am Afro Becky aka Afro Becky and we are the Black Law and Legal Lies podcast, podcast. a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week we have conversations with our co-host Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. Alright family, so we are doing our first formal TV recap with our two shows that we'll be covering the the, the seasons of in the first one it gotta be the Wu so Wu-Tang and American Saga they dropped the first three episodes and now they're doing week by week uh, A how do you guys feel about episode one or what you've seen so far and then Mary I know you got some shit to say about the format so I'll come to you first on this one yes so okay I'll start with my so anyone who's been listening to us or watching us 
knows that I did not go into this with high hopes. I mean, so first of all, background, obviously, I'm from Staten Island. I'm from Stapleton, okay? So, yeah, like, I felt, like, afraid almost. Like, I felt like this was going to be butchered. I didn't like the casting decisions. I went into this ready to hate it. And I have to say, I'm kind of loving it. First of all, Davies was the main person that I had no faith in. I was like, he cannot play Method Man. And when I saw him, I mean, obviously, in the first three episodes, he wasn't such a prominent figure. And I'm hoping that changes as the season unfolds. But um, I saw him at the man. Even He even copied his cadence. Like, it it was great. Yeah. Um, I have to say, the dude who plays RZA from Moonlight, Ashton Sanders, mm-hmm. I think his name is. All right. So, let's be real. He looks nothing like RZA. But yet... He has captured the spirits of RZA very well, I feel. Um, uh-huh. I mean, RZA's a hard person to copy. First of all, he has, like, that speech impediment, and I love RZA, so let me, whatever. But, like, the whole, you know, do-do-do-do thing, mm-hmm. like, yeah, no. Um, so I'm not expecting anybody to really get that down. But I do feel like the energy that RZA brought to the group, he definitely has captured that. And he's bringing the series to where it needs to go, right? Like, they're doing an ill build-up, I have to say. Like, it's like the anticipation is there. Um, Even, like, the beef between hoods. Like, that Park Hill and Stapleton beef is very real. Um, And I think a lot of people don't... I mean, obviously, I'm from Staten Island and from that area. But a lot of people really don't know that and don't, like, understand what a task it was and an accomplishment it was for RZA to really get all of those dudes together, like, and get them on the same page. Um, I mean, I have to say, I have some other professional projects personally that I have probably half the number of people that I'm trying to corral, and I'm like, yo, can I channel my inner RZA? Because how the hell did he do this? (laughs) Like, and he got all these hood dudes, you know, to stop beefing and to actually, you know, form something legendary. So... I feel like the the series is definitely doing a good job with the first three episodes of capturing that, of sucking us in. You kind of feel like you're in their world. Um, like I said, Shamik Moore, like I was scared that he was going to be Shaolin Fantastic from the get down. <laughs> I don't know if we ever talked about that. But, um, but no, he's definitely doing a great job of Raekwon. And, it's, and I'm not sure about this, but... I'm pretty sure they're all rhyming themselves in the musical. Yeah, right it's crazy. And they're doing like he got Raekwon's cadence down, like. And that's a, that's uh, not an easy oh, cadence to get at that. It's not. Yeah, not at all. It's not. The Ghost one needs some work, but you know, again, Ghost has that voice that only Action Bronson could probably <laughs> replicate. Um, so I wasn't expecting much more out of that either. But so yeah, I feel like you know they definitely recreated the era, the scenery. The best casting for me so far was Divine. The dude who played Divine became Divine. Like, it's scary how on point he is. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I'm actually pleasantly surprised. My only complaint right now is that, A, I hope it picks up, right? Because, mm-hmm. so, I haven't watched episode four yet, which dropped today. But as soon as we hang up, I'm about to do that. But one of my homeboys told me that it, they still have not come together yet in this episode. And considering that I, like, looked at the scheduling, and Mm. then I'll get to my complaints of the formatting, it's like, if we're already in episode four and they have not become Mutang yet, then what the fuck? Like, (laughs) 
are they trying to drag another season out of this? They are. Like, and which I wouldn't be mad at. But I think so. But they're from, gonna lose people if it doesn't come together soon. From everything that I've so. read, Wu, the word Wu Tang Clan isn't actually even spoken until like three episodes before the last episode. Okay, so. and so this is how you know that RZA really has his hand on this because everything that RZA does is very detail oriented to the point of it's like all right my nigga like we get the point yeah. let's move on um i mean so i read the book the Tao of Wu, which i highly recommend everyone read and not only just for the background of the Wu and how it was formed and how rizza brought his vision to life but really it's a book for anybody who has a vision or a dream like the way he describes it truly is something that i can completely relate to in terms of how you know I feel about my visions and dreams and it's inspirational, but I will say it's really painstakingly almost bringing every detail of that book to life. So I feel like the only complaint I have is that the pace needs to kind of pick up soon. Um, and, and I'm just kind of mad that now it looks like where we went from, they dropped three episodes at once. So now we have to wait for just one episode on every Wu Wednesday for another, you know, two months or so. So, I think that was a strategy. Well, yeah. I'm sure, but I the, need more. I need more. Them and Netflix are get like Netflix has even said that they're going to start doing the weekly releases with their series too. Like I think they're trying to get away from binge watching. I think they're trying to make that mm -hmm. not a thing anymore. Um, which I have my my qualms with as well. Um, RZA is he's co-writing all the episodes of this. So when you say that it makes sense to the way that he writes and he he's about every detail, it makes sense. Um, the ca casting of this, I, I, the one that I was looking for to see how they were going to do was ODB. And the person they got to play ODB is doing a very well, good job. He is doing a very good job. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, and, it, and it makes sense. Um, this, the thing is, like, so I read, I try to read up on it. Like, are they embellishing the relationship between Ghostface and Raekwon? Like, did they actually, were they actively trying to kill each other? I know that they came from rival neighborhoods, but. Was that a real thing that they tried to kill each other at some point? So I knew that they had beef in the beginning. And again, like you just said, the rival neighborhood thing definitely played a part because not only was it rival neighborhoods, which, by the way, are right behind each other. So it's crazy. Like, literally, the rival neighborhoods are all zoned for the same schools. So you oh, can wow. imagine how crazy that was back in those days. Yeah. It was like... Um, but, and also to say one reason, and we've kind of touched on this in past episodes, but ghost was always my favorite because I'm from his hood and the park Hill dudes always ran mad deep. And it was really like the Stapleton dudes sort of, you know, I mean, obviously the only dudes from Stapleton in the woo were ghost and RZA basically and divine, obviously, and RZA and divine sort of kind of had, and I think they do a good job of showing that. They're, even though they they were from Stapleton and obviously their allegiance was more to Ghost for that reason, they still kind of, you know, had good relationships in Park Hill as well. Whereas Ghost was very much like Stapleton, what? Like, that's it. So there was that beef based on neighborhood rivalry, but it really was, and the, again, I'm impressed with the job they're doing of depicting this, drug crews. That's really what it was. I mean, I think that you know, the neighborhood rivalry really was rooted in the drug crew type of, you know, beef. And and it just trickled down to the younger generation by inheritance, right? Okay. But, like, but, yeah, I mean, it really was about getting money, right? And it was, like, you know, 
because the hoods were so close, they were fighting over customers. <laughs> That's really what it is. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know for a fact that they were trying to kill each other, but it's not so outlandish to me considering that. Okay. So that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. This the series is very well directed. Like I I love the respect of the like you always worry when they tell our stories or tell stories from our culture, like how much respect is gonna be actually played to it. And the fact that Riza has such a heavy hand in it, it makes sense. But I I I was fully engaged. Like I didn't even want to stop watching it. I, I made it through the first two episodes, haven't started episode three yet, but I honestly could say if all the episodes were available, I probably would have had it finished in two days. So, Bella, what's been your opinion on the series so far? First of all, I'm a, uh, did you just hear how New York marries it sound oh, right yeah. now? Yeah, like, she, that she, was, that yeah, was, that was New York. When she broke that shit down, I was like, yo, I'm just, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest with the <laughs> listeners. Um, I walked in and, and watched the full-on second episode. And let me tell you how, how good it was. I worry like that while watching it. So I got it. Uh, I'll finish. I'll finish the the rest of the episodes tonight um, because is that well no, the the three. And I'm not mad at them switching it to um, you know once a week because like if we binge on it, we don't have anything else. We really don't. Okay. So draw it out. Draw it out for me. I like the build up, and I'm also not. I like the details. So I know how Mary just broke down RZA. I really like the details because when I when I get the details of artists, it makes me like it's a different perspective now. Um, when you get the details on these artists, so yeah, um, I'm here for it. I got to finish it out tonight though. All right, yeah. Well, uh, we'll no, keep, thing, I'll be binging on it. Go ahead, Mary. There is, Say it again. There is one thing, and now I don't know if I'm ruining it for you, Baylor, but the one thing that I do feel like I need to call the streets to confirm <laughs> is I had no idea about the relationship between Ghost and Riz's sister. So I'm wondering, is that a dramatization, or is she one of his baby mamas? Or so I feel like I do need to find this out for us. <laughs> well, there you go. Do your reporting. Come back. We'll talk about it next week. Breaking news here, because you know, with me, I didn't even think about it. Like, but that would would that be weird? Like, one of your your best friends is smashing your sister. Like, come on now. Right. I think so. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it more next week. We're going to be covering the whole series, but so far, so good. It definitely has the thumbs up for me, uh, and we'll see how, how it continues to go. But let's talk about Power. Season, uh, episodes two and three of the sixth season so far. I hated episode three. People loved it. Baby. People loved it, but I hated episode three. I feel like everything that happened in it really should have been condensed to like 25 minutes. That's just my personal opinion. It's been the first time that I've, like, in this season so far that I... And I didn't hate the episode. It's just I think it could have been better. Uh, Baylor, what did you think? Uh, well, I mean, what we... I think... I was talking to my cousin earlier because this is his first time watching uh, Snowfall. And I said... I said, Snowfall is the best show out right now to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, what they've, what they've done in three seasons, like, Power is still, like, catching up to. Even though I'm a huge Power fan... But six seasons, it's like it's been drawn out. It's been drawn out. But I see what they're doing. I mean, listening to 50's uh, interview, 
And um, there was another interview I listened to as well. Uh, they, I mean, they're going to start building and 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 adding on to these characters for the next, you know, for the next era. Yeah. So, from what they said, we 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 can expect a lot of. Um, I think we can expect a lot of what we want as far as a lot of people are going to start dying. Uh, and then a lot of people are going to start taking the forefront as far as being um, the main heads of the show. So I think we're going to start looking forward to um, character development, character character development, and a lot of cats dying off. There's nothing else to look forward to. Yeah, I feel that. Mary? I just want to say, I think the stupidest shit ever, and like I'm almost mad at the writers for this is that fucking ghost was in the courtroom like in the courthouse and yeah. like oh because he has a hat on nobody knows that it's him it's like yeah. that to me, <laughs> i wanted to just turn it off at that point i was like this is just now getting ridiculous like there's no way there's no way um so yeah i, I hope they stop with the outlandish bullshit because that was a no for me dog but um i mean yeah i guess People, more people are gonna die. I, I don't know. The whole. You, I mean, where, where can they go though? Like, Mary, like seriously, at this point, they already said it's the last season. Um, yeah. Right. So it. now we're just about to just do any dumb shit, and y'all motherfuckers are gonna watch. Is basically what they're saying. Because come on, Ghost being it does it does feel like they wasn't prepared. A, and like, what was his plan in there? Right. Like. <laughs> He was just going to take her out himself as the maintenance man and not be hot. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like that was crazy. Um, I mean, it feels like Ghost is now without a crew and Tommy has one as haphazard as it may be because they're constantly like having little squabbles. I don't know. I feel like I'm curious to see where the Ghost and Tommy thing goes. And then... Lala, I'm yeah. still waiting to Me see too. what we're doing. I just want to see her. her get shot. Like, can she please get shot? Like, I was hoping that something was going to happen during this kidnapping <laughs> attempt and she was going to get like shot in the stomach or something, but it didn't happen. Well, she's a mom, though. I really don't want to see her get shot, but I'd like to see them cut her off or some shit because it's just getting ridiculous. Like, and then, like, her, what is she so jealous of with Tasha? Like, it's weird. I don't yeah. know. She just doesn't want Tommy talking to Tasha at all. And it, like, right. This, this, Jealousy, it seems. Exactly. And there's some, like, Power's always been a, a show to where the logic of their characters seems to shift very quickly into, in ways that only make sense to serve the plot rather than actual logic, like real-life logic. That that happens on almost every TV show. Like, it, it, it just happens. So it's not a huge critique of mine, but... I feel like they know that they had 16 episodes rather than the usual eight or whatever or 10 they have. And it's like they're drawing shit out that really should be condensed. Like this this final season, I was hoping was going to be very action packed every episode, every episode, every episode. Now, I know that they have to do character development as well, but it just seems huh? like. It's not really. I haven't seen any character development yet. It just seems like shifts in logic all of a sudden. Like, I don't know. This whole Tommy and Ghost shit, I need to get fixed. However, it's going to be fixed. Whether one of them dies, whatever. And this whole like the new Tasha, Tommy, and and Ghost with the with the kids shit too. Like the fact that they're just now building this, I'm worried that this is what's going to be the whole spinoff. Like it's just a lot of shit that I'm worried about right now in the show that I don't see where it's going to go. But yeah, yeah and like yeah. Tariq. Yeah. I feel like Tariq needs to be killed, even though <laughs> if they kill him, if they kill him, they they kill the major 
it killed a major piece to to the next project because well, I don't right. see, I don't see I don't see I don't see any other uh, character development that's gonna keep me tuned in. Well, he really needs a beatdown because come on, first of all, you're, you're seriously entertaining being disloyal to your pops, bro. Like no. Of then all... now you want to be a dealer in your yeah. little true expensive ass school that your pops is paying for. That's gonna go left real quick. Well, I think. Um, well, I think. I think ultimately he turns into his pops, and his roommate turns into Tommy. Yeah, and the chick turns into Tasha. Like that's what I see happening. Um, I okay. think. I think, and I think when he when he needs a new connect, I don't think he's gonna get it soon. And uh, Fifty has said in his interview on the Breakfast Club that the next book, the next part of Power takes. It picks up 48 hours after whatever happens in the in the season finale of this season. And I really think his new connect is going to be Mary J. Blige, who is the main character in the next spinoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So. Okay. All right. Here well, we go. I'm a little intrigued. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yo, and if not, if not, 50. Yo, come on. We need You need to hire us? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> We coming up with some cold ideas now. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, this I'm fifty owe me some money. We well, this. let's at him. Yeah, we'll, we'll add him in when we do, when we do this post. But let's get into into some actual music. I know we talked about TV for a while, so this whole So Brooklyn challenge thing and uh, Casanova and Fabulous just released a video to So Brooklyn. Um, what do you guys think about all? Like, what do you think about the song for one? What do you think about Manio? Manio, I never say his name right. His remix, Mano. his verse, his verse. Like, what do you guys think about just everything coming from this So Brooklyn song? Well, I like the trend. That's for sure. I like yeah. it. Uh, I mean, I'm not from New York, but from the past videos that I've seen, uh, where they have dedicated songs to New York, that is definitely up there. I thought it was pretty decent. I'm not much of a Casanova fan, um, but that was a dope. That was a dope track. And I like where it's going. I've heard it some other people. I haven't, I haven't heard it, but I've heard of other people from like Philly, you know, taking the whole trend and doing it their way. And I hope it's spread out through the whole goddamn U.S. Shit, I think it's a dope thing. Yeah, I like it. And I mean, in New York, it's even kind of broken down into other hoods already, like individually. So I don't know. I like it, and I think it was a clever social media move. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you remember when Welcome to Atlanta had the five thousand remixes? That's what this is gonna become. Man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see, but that. it's gotta be. But it's gotta be at least with this though. Like nowadays, because of the visuals, because of social media, like it's gotta be as hard as that video. That video was dope. Yeah, that video yeah. was real dope. Yeah. I honestly feel like Fab is pretty underrated. Well, we'll get to that. His we, whole we, career now. How? How how Hayes stands for banks? You can't. There's nothing. Fab can do nothing wrong in my eyes. Wow. Nothing wrong. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. what's up. Top five dead or alive. Top five? You got Fab yeah. in the top five? Dead. All right. Dead or alive. This is the only guy. Hey, this is the only guy who has mixtapes better than most cast albums. He did have a hell of a mixtape series in the early 2000s. Longevity. Longevity. Yeah. At one point, he did have the chance to take the crown. And I'm not saying that he would have kept it, uh, but he came damn near close to taking the crown from Jay-Z. He never did it. He never did it. 
We'll have to revisit this. You just really blew my mind with the top Fab five. Fab ain't got no like. bad verses. Fab ain't got no bad verses. Him and Jada ain't got no bad verses. Both of those are in my top five. I'm going to have to spend some time thinking about that. Uh, but <laughs> Casanova, what do you know got? Fab, I know Fab got some off-the-court problems. I know he do. Yeah, he did. But in that, in that booth, in that, come on, man. Okay, okay. But what do you guys and uh, Bailey? You kind of touched about it already. But Casanova, Casanova is very well respected amongst his peers. But mm-hmm. like, what do you think his the the like longevity of his career is as far as like where the heights that he can go? Do you see like him being a, a big thing in like mainstream music at any point? What do you think, Mary? No, no, yeah. <laughs> I don't. If it was gonna happen, it would have already. Okay. I mean, he's that's he's, true. You know, he's performed at all the major venues, at least in New York. You know, like, and this is his hometown. So if you're not doing it here, you ain't gonna do it elsewhere. Okay. So. But I respect him. I salute him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's trash. I just don't think. I don't think his style of spitting, if that makes sense, is what's mainstream anymore so yeah yeah you can't be yelling at us he can't yell right. at us like we let bus do that and well deserved he um yeah but he's like a diet he's like a diet buster to me mm. Mm. i i enjoy, like for me with casanova it's like it's like every three songs i like it is like every three songs that come out with his i, I like so um but he is very well respected. Like I, people in the rap game respect him. They don't want to cross him a because the motherfucker is crazy as shit. But uh, right. <laughs> so he, he's got yeah he's gotten yep. his respect that way. But yeah, it's just it, he's not a thing for me. It's not a thing for me at all. Um, but speaking of things that aren't just for me, Post Malone's Hollywood Bleeding has. Have you guys Yo. got the chance to listen to it yet? Yo, that song don't sound like. Yo, that song sound crazy. <laughs> like I don't know, maybe because. I witnessed a lot of people that that move out here and try to chase that Hollywood dream, but when you listen to the lyrics, like he's describing Hollywood in a very very detailed way, what they go through. It sounds like he was exposing, crying out. Like, yeah, that song was crazy. Yeah, I listened to the song on YouTube on purpose because they have it to where they show the words. So I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure I was, you know, seeing, you know, listening or hearing what I was what I was hearing and yeah it's it sound that it sounds like one of those songs where he's like really talking to us like yo mm-hmm. this is really how it is I agree I thought it was deep and I like post so I mean I'm gonna say he can do no wrong but yeah. I, I am a fan post music is like hit or miss for me I'm I've, I, I'm definitely not a fan of post Malone I have I have songs of his that I could rock with um as far as like uh, on the album enemies with the baby I like that mm-hmm. call me crazy uh, but overall, it's just he's just you know certain artists just aren't for you. He's just not an artist that's for <laughs> me. Like real talk, yeah. it's just not. Yeah, okay. I feel you on that. It's a lot of artists I feel like that. So right. Drake is not for me. Right. Yeah, that's another one. It's like certain songs. After Dark is my shit. That's my favorite Drake song of I'm all gonna time. Say, certain songs for Drake, but I have to be in the mood for Drake. Yeah. Like it's like it's not like I'm just gonna put bump Drake at any given moment. Like. I, it's certain Drake verses that I like. I, th- I think I come to that re- rec- like that go. realization yeah. like over the weekend. Like there are li- there are Drake verses that I absolutely love, but like some of his full song- like after that verse is done, I'm skipping it. I'm gone. I'm off that shit. Um, yeah. So yeah, post is very much like that to me. But uh, any anything left on Hollywood bleeding before we take a break? Uh, listen yeah. to it sober. 
did he make it so maybe you have to be high to listen to it i'm just listen to you gotta listen listen to some music in the state that it was made in i'm just saying this is true this is like true. i've never done it before but i guarantee i guarantee you some rick james albums hit harder if you do some cocaine before you before you listen to it like i just i can guarantee it yo have you ever listened to a dream album high this is crazy. <laughs> We're gonna go to our last break. We'll come back right after. Hey guys, it's your girl back easy. Hi everybody, it's your girl Joanne. Hey guys, it's Trell, and this is the, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. Damn. <laughs> All right, so this has been so much New York over the course of this episode. I figured what better way to end it than be to discuss. I, I put it on here as who is the best rapper to ever come out of Brooklyn, but let's also add this to it. Let's say who's the most underrated. Who do you feel is the most underrated rapper to ever come out of Brooklyn? All right, now you're going to go and change this on us at yeah. the 11th hour. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I do. I mean, we just kind of went into that. Yeah. I'd say Fab. Fab is the best, best to come out of Brooklyn? Okay. No, not the best. I okay. say underrated. The best is Biggie. Come okay. on. Like, oh. Okay. Oh, you scooting okay. up? Baylor scooting? What, what, what? You leaning back, man? Who's the best? I, wait, I'm, wait, so does I'm it have to be best chair. and underrated? No, or? no, we're two separate it's things. Two so separate who's the ones. best and then who do you think's the most underrated? So two separate rappers. Well, damn, because I got another one to nominate for the underrated category oh. ODB. Absolutely. I mean, for real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm I'm not going. I I can't I can't disagree with her with the uh, underrated. Fab has been my guy since '98. Um, but as far as the best to come out of Brooklyn, respectfully, uh, Big didn't play too long. <laughs> he didn't play too long, so it's like at the same time, I cannot and that tell had that impact. Right? He did. So he did. Are you are you trying to set us up to say Jay Z right now? Because I don't see who could. I don't see who could be nominated outside of those two. Actually, okay. I think it's. That. I think it's a landslide, and I and I and I and I get it. The impact that that Big had, it was so major mm-hmm. for him to even be mentioned with Jay Z, and right. everything that Jay Z has done shows the greatness of Big. Right. So, I was gonna say Jay Z is admittedly influenced by Big, so that's the only reason why Big wins my vote. You know what I mean? Okay. You could, so, you could, you got me. You, so got, you got my vote on that one. The best rappers to come out of Brooklyn. Let's just say, <laughs> Big Jay Z, Nas. Right. Let's say that they're they're the top three Nas choices. Nas from Queens. Nas oh, yeah. from Queens. Though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. So J- <laughs> Big and Jay Z, bam. Who would who then would be the the third then? If we if we were X name Jay and Big from the conversation, who's the next one up? Little Kim. Okay, that's fair. Oh, wait, wait, it's slipping me. Where's Where's Big Daddy came from? The Bronx. No, now we gotta look that up. Oh, is he? But I'm pretty sure he's from the Bronx. The Bronx is no, a whole big, other big, category. Big Daddy came from Brooklyn. Is he? He's from Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Okay. Yo, we being mad disrespectful right now, son. Where's Where's Buster from? Ooh, he might be from Brooklyn. Let me look Hold at on. his Wikipedia real quick. By default, we gotta give it to Fab then. <laughs> he, I cannot. So on his, they have it East Flatbush. Is that in Brooklyn? Yeah, that's Brooklyn. Okay. So Buster would be mine then. Whoa, 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 wait, whoa, whoa, now, whoa. Mayno just said in his remix 
that Takashi is from Flatbush. He's not from Brooklyn. So I don't know what type of beef this is. <laughs> but he said that cat is from Flatbush, and he said I'm from Brooklyn. So I don't know. Well, Flatbush is definitely in Brooklyn. So I don't uh, know if they try. They got some Park Hill Stapleton shit happening. <laughs> I, it, seem, it seems like it. But it as far as like, unless, unless I heard, unless I heard it wrong, that's what I thought I heard. Okay. As far as my my underrated, so I went really deep with my underrated because, like Mary, you mentioned ODB, but he's part of a legendary. We we know ODB's contribution, so I went deep with my uh with my underrated Joel Ortiz. I picked as my most underrated for Brooklyn. Okay. Oh, okay. That's a, that's actually like a really that. good yeah. choice. Yeah. And do you guys think like with jo- Joel Ortiz, if he didn't, if people didn't make the comparisons that he sounds like pun so much early in his career? Do you think his career would have been different? Possibly. Nah, I don't know. He seemed he seemed more he seems more connected to like the uh the underground uh fan base than anything. Okay. His wordplay his wordplay is is too deep for most cats that listen to um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah, like you it's know, timing. you got timing. If he would have come yeah. out years earlier, I mean, because think about it, the dudes from the decade before all had wordplay was everything, and then <laughs> shit took a, a sharp left, and it became like, yeah, no, we don't want to hear nothing deep. That may be a topic that we need to revisit one day: is people who who came out in the wrong era. Like, Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So. Yeah, that'll be a great conversation to have. Anything left on the best rapper to come out of Brooklyn conversation? Mm. No? I'm, I'm, I'm really... No. No? No. Uh, we got to tip our hat to Big. Shout out to Big. Yeah, shout out to Big. Um, well, that's it, people. If you want to go ahead and leave them with any last-minute thoughts, concerns, anything uh, that's on your mind. Mary, I'm going to put you on the spot, though, because you have Yum, which you got, we've referenced a couple times over the course of this podcast. Please tell the people what Yum is so that they can be prepared for what's going to be coming soon. This is this is your time. Oh, I'm blushing. Um, so Yum stands for Young Urban Moms. And it's a brand that I've tirelessly built. And it's starting um, with the launch of a podcast that I'm currently in production on. And, I mean, the gist of it is that basically we keep it real on all things pertaining to motherhood. Um, so we're going to have a lot of like surprise guest yum um, co-hosts. So it's going to be really exciting. And you can follow our social media, which is at Young Urban Moms on pretty much all platforms for more updates on that. But I do have a closing thought. So since we're, you know, so New York today, I guess that should be the name of this episode, right? Um, and it's, you know, 9-11 week. I just want to say that, you know, this is always a really somber time for me. Uh-huh. And I think everyone in, in, I mean, probably in the country, but more so in the city. And to be honest with you, Staten Island was actually the, one of the boroughs that was hit the hardest because people, when you live in the five boroughs of New York City, um, you tend to work in the part of Manhattan that's nearest to your borough. So downtown Manhattan, most people who work down there are from Staten Island and Brooklyn. Um, just schooling all y'all on <laughs> on how New York works. And so we have we lost a lot of people there. Our fire departments were the first to respond. Yeah, it was a lot. So um, yeah, I'm just I'm thinking of everyone who's been impacted by that, and uh, just wanted to kind of shout it out. 
That's what's up. Yeah. yeah it's definitely a time, and, uh, you know, everyone was sharing their memories of 9-11 on the timeline today. And I think mm-hmm. we, we for it, it hits different definitely for anyone who was in New York, but we all have that moment of when we found out or when we heard the news or when we saw it on TV. And so this is a time where it, it it's one of those rare times that it binds us together more than it breaks us apart. Everybody, like, really – trying to fill out and remembering the time because it was, it was probably one of the most traumatic things that we went through as a country ever. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I actually honestly probably should have mentioned that at the top of the show. So thank you for that. That's all right. <laughs> I'm actually glad she mentioned it too, because, um, I remember walking into the living room and, and watching it on my television and I didn't, it, I didn't feel like when I, when I found out the details, cause I was like, I just graduated like two or three months prior to that. So I was fresh out of high school and I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like damn New York just took a hit. I was like, yo, we got hit. Mm-hmm. We got hit. And that hurt, man. Yeah. yeah. I was living overseas in Germany on a military base and we were actually, I had just suited up for football practice and the coach came out, told everyone to take a knee and told us what happened. And at that time, uh, all the military bases were worried that if they sh- hit us on American soil, that the, the satellite bases around the country were next. So we were on a curfew for 30 days to where no one could be outside of their homes on base, just walking around after 7 p.m., lasted for 30 days. Um, so that's kind of my memory of it. it. It was it was wild. And literally, the military police were roaming around. And if you were caught outside walking, not just the kids, the adults either. After 7 p.m., you got fined and some other shit. So, yeah, it was Damn. it was deep at that point in time. So, Well, I was actually on the Staten Island Ferry um, on my way to the city, which it docks right pretty much underneath the World Trade Center um, because it was one of my first days at Fordham University. Wow. Um, and literally we were about to dock, and then the first plane hit, and so many people that were on the boat with me were on their way there. Like, it was crazy. I actually was on the boat with a dude that I just graduated from high school with two months before. And we were part of a program in high school where you worked one week and you went to school one week. It was called co-op. Not sure if you guys have that. And his job was in the World Trade Center. And he was late that week. And that is what saved his life. And basically, yeah, we froze in the water. We didn't even get to dock because that happened. And we all were made to put on our life preservers and, you know, wondering what the F was happening next. And by the time the boat decided to turn around and go back to Staten Island, the second plane hit. And Uh. at that point, we knew that. And I mean, mind you, this was a time of no smartphones, nothing. I had a flip phone that was not working to call anybody. Um, actually the one, the, the, the one phone call that did go through was to my grandparents who are both now dead. So that's kind of sad thinking of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't get in touch with anybody else. Didn't know where anybody was. It was serious pandemonium. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously by the time we got back to Staten Island, it was like, this is war. Literally like that was kind of the sentiment that everybody had because at that point we knew it was on purpose. So yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking of that right now and thinking of everyone and all the people who are still dying from from this day, you know, like from responding to that. So, yeah. You want to know what's crazy? You want to know what's crazy? The unity that that was created from that tragedy. But then you fast forward to now and it's and like it's all undone. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Can we go back to that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, not to. 
we're sorry if we brought down the energy at all. Um, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Fault. No, it, it's something that needed to be talked about. So don't apologize at all. You know what? People probably maybe hoping or, or expecting us to talk about it. So I'm glad that we did. Um, I know we're on our way out. Mary, did you get to plug your social media? Uh, um, probably not. It's yeah. called like depressed.com. No, <laughs> um, I'm at Miss Mary Del Monte. <laughs> M-I-S-S-M-A-R-Y-A-L-M-O-N-T-E on all social platforms. All right, Baylor. Uh, at Baylor Great on all social media platforms. And, yeah, 9-11, man. Uh, yeah. 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 If you guys want to share your 9-11 stories with us, you can. You can write in. You can send us an email, thebreaksradio at gmail.com. You can send a voicemail to 614-547-2039. You guys can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can also follow us collectively at The Breaks Radio. That's it. We're out. Peace. I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips, nigga, I'm from New York, New York. I got a semi-automatic that spits next time if you talk, you talk. I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips, nigga, I'm from New York, New York. I got a semi-automatic that spits next time if you talk, you talk. And I know, y'all niggas is pussy for Nani Vagina, your monologues getting tired, now it's time to ride and print this, you five, you no longer desire to take off them silly chains Put back on your wire I'm on fire Holly dipped in octane Let East Coast bang Let West Coast bang And rule gon' bring The ghetto gospel To every hood possible Pushing through in the sky blue Back with the guard you now Preferably the four pound Slugs flying at the speed of sound Trying to catch the ears Of niggas that's running their mouths I might get my Brooklyn niggas To run in your house I don't really understand What the running's about But we hunters We take pride in air And I pray out Leaving them laid out dead And just for sport Cause we ain't playing up here in New York. I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips. Nigga, I'm from New York. New York. And you can tell the way the homies spit. That nigga, I'm from New York. New York. I got a hundred ways to make a grip. Yes, I'm from New York. New York. And you can tell I get real ignorant. This nigga, I'm from New York. New York. And this is how we do. Nigga, I can see the coke in your nose. This ain't a movie, even he got his head blown on the globe. And I was just about to find God. But now that Mace is back, I think I'd much rather find a Menard And everybody talking crazy how they AK spit But we don't disinvestigate and they ain't spray shit Not me, I'm a truth homie Got the industry shook like nah, nigga Joe gon' let him loose on me True story, I'm bringing the team back Even Roy Jones was forced to lean back My nigga Dre said crime cook Now we killing them hard, nigga said I must have found Pun's rhyme book Got bitches on top of the phantom And the pinky got bling like the ring around Saturn Cook, cup, crack, niggas fiend for that And you already know the X is where the team be at Oh man, yeah.